What's up, everybody? You are listening to the 10 After 7 podcast, episode 6 on YouTube. Today, we got a special guest, my good friend Kyle Slowey, and we're about to deep dive right in to the NFL draft. Yes, today is April 22nd. The 23rd tomorrow will be the day when we have our first ever virtual draft. Kyle, how's it going? I'm happy to be here, Cody. Thanks for having me on. So with you in the draft, when I think of the NFL draft and all my friends, immediately I think of Kyle Slowey. You're a Denver Broncos fan, and you're somewhat of a Rams fan, but no one goes so deep into the draft like you do. I mean, you usually know offensive linemen. You're looking at mocks three months ahead. What has you so fascinated about the draft? I think from an early age, I've just been really fascinated by the NFL draft and not only the Denver Broncos, but the ability for teams to rebuild. And the best way to do that is through NFL, you know, the NFL draft. So I've always been fascinated by it. And it's just something I look into almost six months in advance. Are you a first round guy strictly or do you stay around, stick around for three and fourth rounds? I stick around mainly for three rounds, you know, um, back in the day they, you know, um, they do rounds one and two, and then the rest the next that the next few days. So three three rounds is acceptable. I think if you go past three rounds, you're absolutely insane. You know, you might have it on the background, you know, when you're with friends or something. But other than that, it's hard to pay attention. So, be, so before we get into this draft, there's a lot of intrigue around the quarterbacks, especially one in particular, Tua. But the news yesterday that broke was Rob Gronkowski coming out of retirement to join his old buddy, Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. Your initial thoughts when that went down. Everybody in the nation loves Rob Gronkowski. And I think it's good for him to be able to come back and play with Tom, especially in Tampa Bay, which I think he loves the weather. And I know his Sports Illustrated uh, swimsuit model girlfriend, Camille Costic loves it down there too. So I think it was a beautiful pairing. And um Worked out for both sides. I'm not sure about the Patriots. Um, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. From the Patriots' perspective, uh, I thought they would be a little more stingy in regards to getting rid of Gronk. I know they don't have much cap space, but there was no way he was going to come back to the Patriots. I thought they would have a little tug of war with them for a second instead of just immediately sending them to Tampa with Tom Brady. I would have thought, Bill Belichick has hard feelings, but I don't think he gives a damn. And <laughs> my thoughts are, it's a bad look for Bill Belichick. Because at one point or another, we expected Rob Gronkowski to come back. It turns out he was never going to come back unless Tom Brady went elsewhere, because I believe he no longer wanted to play for Bill Belichick. I had a friend yesterday text me saying, you know, I think it's safe to say playing for the Pats is not very fun. And when Rob Gronkowski decides he does not want to come back and play just for Bill Belichick, it, it's definitely a, a sign that, you know, maybe it's not the best situation over there in New England. And it's very difficult to play with a guy with that kind of regiment. But also Bill Belichick ended up getting a fourth round pick for a guy that was retired. So I think it's still a really good move for him in the franchise to at least get some sort of value for a guy that would definitely – never come back just to play for you yeah it definitely fits the bill no pun, <laughs> no, no pun intended because we've seen him ship guys out and replace them the next year immediately he doesn't care those mm -hmm. guys are players to him coming off of 
this is going to be a weird comparison, but coming off of the Last Dance documentary that we just saw, episodes one and two, it's odd to see a guy like Michael Jordan have such loyalty to Phil Jackson. He says in the film, you know, I'm, I'm with Phil. I'm not playing for any other coach. And then you have this relationship with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady that really, for 20 years, they just made it work. I don't think they really enjoyed each other. It's apparent they didn't join each, uh, enjoy each other. And Rob Gronkowski, last year, the Patriots, I think, were 9-0 and before they dropped their first game to the Baltimore Ravens. And Gronkowski straight up said after watching Tom Brady's interview, that's why it's tough to play in New England. These guys are upset, and they're 9-1 and right now. They have one of the best teams, but they lose one game, and they act like it's the end of the world. And I think that wears on guys. And when we think about Bill Belichick down the road, I think this is going to have to come up on his resume. Who's going to be the next quarterback for the Patriots? Because it's going to be an absolute grind for that guy to have to fill in for not only the legend and GOAT, Tom Brady, but have to play in that sort of environment and that expectation of winning, you know, just like you were saying, it's, I think it's going to be really difficult for the Patriots to rebuild, you know, versus other teams who are able to, you know, implement a new coaching regiment or something like that. You know, I think Bill Pelichick's there to stay until he says he doesn't want to just because of how many rings he's brought into that franchise. Exactly. And that's a great segue because now we could get into the draft. There's rumors already flying with Tua Tungabailoa kind of getting dragged through the mud the last couple of weeks, whether it's injuries, the Wonderlick test. People actually believe his name's getting dragged because someone out there wants him to end up on the New England Patriots, and man, would that be something. Wouldn't that be a scandal? Another scandal to add to the list of the Patriots, them paying you know, um, members of the media to put out um, certain tweets and stories kind of downgrading to a tag of Iloa's um, <clears throat> likelihood for success down the road. Um, but, it, you know, I think it'd be difficult for Tua to slip past six, um, especially with the Chargers right there, who sure they have Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback, but he's been a backup, um, backup at best and a journeyman his whole career. So, for that, especially for the Chargers to just come out and say, like, Tyrod's our man, I think that's almost a bluff because they know they really want to snag um, the quarterback that falls, whether that be Justin Herbert or Tua. As far as these quarterbacks go, we know Joe Burrow is going to be at the top, Cincinnati. I think it's a done deal already. And then the debate goes, Tua or Herbert, where do you stand on that, on that point? Um, I was on a pod the other day. Um, doing a mock draft and I was the one who said Justin Herbert to the Dolphins but that doesn't quite mean that I'm a bigger fan of his I was at the Rose Bowl so I got to see him play in a really clutch moment and step up Um, you know Justin Herbert was supposed to go number one overall in the 2019 draft and decided to come back and play with his team for his senior year to compete for a national championship they unfortunately lost to Auburn you know, week one. So it kind of threw them off that trajectory, but just kind of goes to show what kind of guy he is. So a lot of people have been knocking him for his inconsistency, but I really do like Herbert. I don't know about you. I know you're a big Tua fan. Yeah. I think Tua, just with this history, we're looking at the good part of history when he was a true freshman, got brought into the national championship game, completely changed the way Alabama looks at quarterbacks, changed the entire dynamic of their team. I know the injuries are there. Herbert, 
he's another guy that just looks the part. Big arm. And every time we hear those sort of things, it kind of scares me off. I also listened to a podcast with Kirk Herbstreet, and he mentioned a point. That first game of the season, Auburn first Oregon, he got hurt, and it was fourth and one. You kind of want that guy to be out there on fourth and one with the game on the line. And Justin Herbert, for whatever reason, couldn't get himself to go out on the field. I know that's just one game, one moment. Pretty big one at that. Uh, I just get scared off by the big arm stuff, uh, the tall-looking quarterback, and I'd rather go with the guy that's a proven winner. Yes, it's a huge risk. A lot of people think it's really bust or there's no, there's no middle part with Tua. It's either a bust or he's going to be a star. And I'm willing to outweigh those injuries and go with the guy that's going to be an absolute stud quarterback. And I believe that's Tua. Whether someone's going to trade up for him, I think that's going to happen. I don't, even, I don't think he's going to end up on the Chargers or Dolphins. I think someone's coming in to get him. I think the Lions at three would be foolish not to trade down because they can still get a stud. Um, they, need, they need all the help they can get. Um, especially with two of the thing I liked about him was when he had the hip surgery, there's a video that was circulating of him in the hospital, you know, on the bed, just jamming out on his ukulele, just having a good time. And I kind of really do like, you know, those kind of stories of individuals who are able to maintain a positive mentality in rough times. So I, I do love Tua. And also to your point of getting scared off of big quarterbacks, you know, that really is something I can agree with as a Denver Bronco fan the past few years who John Elway was obsessed with guys over six, six and got Paxton Lynch out of Memphis who flopped, you know, Brock Osweiler who, from ASU who flopped. So it it is, you know, something to be scared of with Justin Herbert. So I agree with you there. And I think if you're settling for, I wouldn't say settle. I mean, obviously he has potential to be something in the NFL, but going with Herbert, over Tua, I don't think you're really dropping your nutsack on this draft and saying we're making a huge move. I think you're just making the safe pick rather than going all in for a guy who possibly could get you to the Super Bowl. When it comes to winning quarterbacks and getting to the Super Bowl, I would say Tua has that better chance. And my bold prediction for this draft, at some point you could drop your bold prediction. I think it's going to be the Las Vegas Raiders who come up to get that would be so awesome if this comes true. I'm a big John Gruden fan, and with the Raiders moving to Las Vegas, they definitely need to make a splash. Um, you know, on Hard Knocks last year with um, the Raiders, it almost seemed like Derek Carr was that kind of guy on the team that tries to, you know, suck up to the head coach and cupcake. And John Gruden was having none of that. I noticed that a lot in the first few episodes of how how annoyed John Gruden was getting of um, Carr just trying to really kiss his ass. <laughs> so um, I could see him coming up and trying to get the quarterback he really wants. The last thing on quarterbacks, do you think Burrow is above and beyond the best QB in this draft? I think Joe Cole is above and beyond the best. There was just games last year where it'd be third and 15 against an SEC um, competitor, and he just – scramble around, break a tackle, and throw it down the sidelines for like 45 yards and it's completed. I, I really do think he's above and beyond. He had one of the best seasons in college football history last year. Yeah, I agree. I was all in him at one point. I'm kind of getting a little standoffish a bit. I know he's a, he has that killer instinct. 
But then there's also people that say he toes the line between confident and cocky. And I go back to the draft where Baker Mayfield got drafted. Oh. Uh, and it, I, I just can't get away from that. For some reason, it keeps popping in my head. I would still buy all the Burrow stock at this point, but it's just something to be aware of. That's a very good point. Uh, now let's get into receivers. This possibly could be the best receiver class ever, and I would go as far as saying I think it will be. And what's crazy about it is a lot of these teams in the first round have these guys ranked differently. Some guys have Justin Jefferson at the top. Others have Judy. Some teams have Henry Ruggs. Where do you stand on this, and who do you think is going to be the first receiver, receiver taken off the board? Uh, my number one receiver in my rankings is Jerry Judy out of Bama. I think the past two years he's been the best receiver. Um, but with so much talent around him in his wide receiver group at Alabama, it kind of takes away from how good he really is. Henry Ruggs running a 4-2 in the 40, which is his teammate, um, kind of takes away from how good he really has been. Um there's people out there saying he had a knee scope about two years ago, so his draft stock might fall um, to the team that come, you know, that is able to walk away with him. They're going to be ecstatic. I really do think Judy's the best. Definitely has the best name in the entire draft. <laughs> yeah, it does. And there's some good there's some good names in these, but I think Jerry Judy has the best name as far as best receiver. There were times last year where I watched CD Lamb. And I was blown away. I think I watched one game and the stat was like he had 14 receptions on the year and 10 touchdowns. And it was always after the catch, it felt like he was taking it 50 yards to the house. I don't know who's going to take the first receiver. I watched a mock draft and the Raiders actually at 12 were taking CD Lamb. And your Broncos, let's let's get into that a little bit. Who are your <laughs> Broncos taking? Where, what number are they? The They're 16, 15. 15. 15? They probably need a receiver on the opposite side of Cortland Sutton. Who do you have them taking there? Um, I've got a friend that's actually a scout for the Broncos. And when I had mentioned that which receiver do they want to fall to Denver at 15, he said they're dead set on C.J. Henderson out of Florida. Wow, defensive back. Yeah, and which really blew me away because you haven't heard a whisper of that. Um, everyone's going, Henry Ruggs, Henry Ruggs. So – at this point in time, I'm happy with any of the top three receivers, which is Judy Lamb Ruggs, a DB. You know, I guess anyone who really falls. Um, the rumor I have been hearing is Justin Jefferson out of LSU rising up draft boards. So he might go earlier than expected. Yeah, I saw on the mock that he would go to the Dallas Cowboys, which would be pretty cool. Henderson going to the Broncos, that's that's interesting. You see all these – it's going to be interesting to see these AFC West teams, how they draft – because obviously Mahomes in that division, are they drafting to stop him? And Henderson would be a good start with the weapons the Chiefs have over there. Also, though, I think in that division, you got to try to outscore those teams. True. And I don't think you, I don't think you can. You got to try to limit them a bit. The Broncos lost uh, Harris to the Chargers, correct? Their yeah. Team. Yep. And so then they're trying to fill that void. So they ended up bringing in AJ Bouye um, from the Jags, which was a good move. Um, who I think he's definitely, you know, he's 28, 29, um, ex pro bowler. Good enough. They got another DB Bryce Callanan from the bears. That's that, uh, battle coming back from injury. So they really do need one more guy. And I, especially with this league and the way it's going, it's going to be more of a pass happy league. Just even watching that super bowl, the 49ers got a bad taste of that when Mahomes 
in that fourth quarter just ended up coming back and winning. So I think a lot of teams in this draft are going to focus on defensive backs. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if you agree with that. I don't think it's a bad idea. I did just just say that I think you have to score with the best of them. But like we just mentioned that the wide receiver class is so deep. I mean, Tyler Johnson from Minnesota, who knows where he's going to end up. You have the kid from Colorado. You have the kid from Arizona State even. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I don't know how to pronounce either of those dudes' names. But the kid from Arizona actually coming out of a junior college, every SEC team offered him to be a cornerback. And he went to Arizona State just to play receiver. And yeah, you got the guy from – you got K.J. Hamler. I know you're a Penn State guy. He's smaller, can run. And T. Higgins, who as of late, I've heard he's dropping on people's wide receiver rankings. He's either really high or really low. And that's interesting because we saw him. He, yes, he dropped a, ball, a few balls in the championship game, but that guy's a talent as well. If you go back to even those, T. Higgins was a stud his freshman sophomore year. You know that was back with um, I think Deshaun Watson, but you know that was a guy who I thought was going to be the best, number one receiver in the in the draft, um, T. Higgins. And I think just after the you know the NFL Combine and player um you know team interviews a lot of these guys fall down for some reason that we're based on information we're not privy to you know lavisca chanel from colorado was getting compared to julio jones preseason you know poor man's julio jones is not something to <clears throat> just look the other way at um but he got core muscle surgery um this off season so he was falling down draft boards but with the quarantine you know a, a lot of um, a lot of those concerns should go away because um, he'll have more time to rest. Um, so I'm definitely a big fan of him. So we'll jump into running backs. Will there be a running back taken in the first round? We've seen the contracts, second contracts for these running backs, Todd Gurley, David Johnson, most recently. They usually don't work out. You kind of get the And Leonard Fournette, who was taken very high in his draft, is now on the trade block a couple years later for the Jaguars. We might see the days of running backs being drafted in the first round. No more. This year could happen. What are your thoughts? I don't, I don't, I do not believe a running back would go round one. Um, for all those gambling addicts out there that haven't had anything to bet on, I think the NFL draft is going to be something that um, allows them to engage again. Um, so for the first round, running backs over under is one and a half. And the under set at nine hundred and fifty, so you'd have to throw a thousand dollars to win a hundred bucks on the under. So I think that's what they're saying. There, one running back might sneak into the first round. I could see the Miami Dolphins <clears throat> with their three first round picks snagging Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin, who arguably has been the best running back past two to three years. Um, or even a team like the Buccaneers could trade down and help out. Brady in any way he says possible because according to Bruce Arians, Tom Brady said he wanted Gronk, not necessarily Bruce Arians. So I think Tom Brady has a lot more sway there than um, we believe. But yeah, I think Jonathan Taylor or DeAndre Swift out of Georgia are the only two that might sneak in. I don't know. Yeah, I think that I think the Chiefs, uh, I know Damian Williams, who should have been the MVP in the Super Bowl, had a phenomenal game. I think the Chiefs could possibly take Swift at the end of the first round. 
Uh, I'm just worried about it because we're big fantasy guys. If there's one guy we're looking at in this draft, I know everyone wants to know. Who's the one guy that's going to have a fantasy impact next year? I got to know. I'm in a keeper league. Yes, I've never won it. I think you've won it a few times. Just give me some intel. One on one. We're for a running back. Running back? No, just any impact player. We know receivers and running backs. Running backs are important in fantasy. That's the only place they're really important anymore. Um, the I'm going to take running back J.K. Dobbins at Ohio State, who I don't think a lot of people are um, mentioning. Um, is high. I think he was just extremely consistent at Ohio State. I love running backs from great college football programs. Um, so that's a guy I'm really going to be keeping my eye on. He ran like a four four five, well built, stout. Um, just has all the intangibles. Yeah, but in today's game, does he catch the ball out of the backfield? That's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, who do you got on your mind? Uh, like I said, Swift. Because of that reason, he'd be a great PPR running back because he catches the ball out of the backfield. Uh, Clyde Hilaire, uh, we saw him at LSU. Ooh. Small stature guy, kind of reminds me of Doug Martin. But a lot of people have him valued as the best pass catching back in this draft. Uh, as far as receivers, I know we already got into that, but immediate impact, I think we nailed it right on the head. And that's CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy. Anywhere, anywhere they get drafted, I think they step right in and make an impact. Uh, I know you brought up gamblers and I'm one of those guys itching to get a bet in. So let me know some prop bets that we could uh, gamble on. I think one of the funnest prop bets, obviously, um, especially for us, since we're grew up a USC fan, I grew up a UCLA fan is pack 12 players round one, um, which is set at two and a half players. Uh, the overs at plus 150 unders at minus 200. So you know, if you throw 10 bucks, you win 15 if you take the over. And I think that's just a fun one to do, especially when you want to support the Pac-12. If you want to go down that list of players, you see you need to get to three in order to hit the bet. So Justin Herbert is a lock quarterback at Oregon. It's going to go top five. Next guy I have is Austin Jackson, offensive tackle, USC who a lot of guys are raving about. That guy's a story where his sister needed um, a blood marrow. I love, I love that you're bringing this up, by the way, because I heard that yesterday and I was fired up for the guy. The blood marrow transplant for his sister, which, um, you know, she had a medical issue that I'm not sure of. He decided to do it a month before the season and recovered and came back and didn't miss a game. You love those kind of stories. And I think a team could fall in love with that and um, pick him a little higher, especially in the first round. He's interesting, though, because he's one of the youngest players in the draft. I believe he's only 20 years old. Yeah, Um, exactly. He's like 20 years old. And a lot of these NFL scouts, for some reason or another, just love potential. Just going back to what you said about tall quarterbacks with big arms, potential. Big, tall, lengthy offensive tackles that can grow into their frame. They love, they love risking it all for them. So I think those two guys could go first round, and then there's just a couple dart throws, like you mentioned, Lavisca Chenault out of Colorado. You know the poor man Tulio. <laughs> um, yeah, and then Brent, the one name that I was trying to get, the kid from ASU, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, their guy. People are falling in love with. I saw a mock draft on live television yesterday where he went round one. <laughs> so that'd be four, and that you'd already hit your bet. And then there's a guy. Last one, Jalen Johnson, DB out of Utah, who I've seen flying up. 
you know, he was getting a lot of hype during the season that kind of just happened to fade away. Um, so there, you know, there's four players that you can. I like this one a lot vibe. because it's, it's not a sure thing and it's definitely going to get your blood flowing. Yeah, exactly. We're missing that fourth quarter trying to cover two points, whether it's college basketball game or covering a touchdown in football. This one, without a doubt, is going to get your blood flowing. That's why I think it's a go-to. Um, the other one that we both, I think, like and are also very fun is you take the top two most likely to win a national championship for the next five years in LSU and Alabama, and you you tr- try to pick which team is going to get more of their players selected in the first round. Um, I'm going to go with LSU over Bama, which is plus 300. So you throw 100 bucks, you win 300 or 10 to win 30, whatever. Um, and we can kind of go down that list. Uh, it, that's also a toss-up, but it get, it'll get your blood flowing. Yeah, we mentioned a couple Bama guys already. And Bama, if you want to go based on history, since Saban got there in 2008, they've had 87 players drafted, 29 in the first round, which is 11 more than the next school, Ohio State. But this year, LSU might be passing them up. And Bama in 2017 and 2018, just a couple years ago, they had four guys in each year drafted in the first round of that one. I'm going to ask you, who do you think holds the record for most first-round picks in the same year? USC. No, it's actually a phenomenal draft, though. 2004, the U had six players drafted in the first round. Oh, no. They had Sean Taylor, Kellen Winslow Jr., Jonathan Vilma, DJ Williams, Vince Wilfork, and Vernon Carey Sr., an offensive tackle who I didn't even know his son, Vernon Carey, was just the freshman of the year, ACC for Duke University. So that's a little fun fact. He plays football as well. Wow, that's awesome. No, ba- basketball. Oh, basketball. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah he's going to the NBA next year. You gotta love those kind of bloodlines. Um... So, and I think, honestly, that's the record six. And there's a good chance LSU can tie that record this year. They're both LSU on its own is set at five and a half. So both are favored for the under LSU and Bama are both set at five and a half. Um, They actually have Bama more likely to hit six than um, LSU, but I think it'd be a fun one. You got Joe Burrow quarterback, Jefferson wide receiver, um, chasing the edge rusher. Yeah, their entire defense, it feels like. Patrick Queen, yep. uh, Christian Fulton. Yeah. It's it's honestly insane Delphi how many dudes in that team. Yeah. So, if, I mean, if all those guys hit, that's six. Um, and then you have Bama, Tua, a QB, Ruggs, Judy at receiver, Wills at lineman, DBs, McKinney and Diggs, and then you have sleepers like edge rusher Terrell Lewis. Um, so, I – it's a toss-up, but I, I just think LSU is, is the surefire one because when you win a national championship on the national stage, that's when a lot of NFL team and player personnel have time to actually watch that game. And I think you kind of just buy into – like John Gruden was drafting out of Clemson the past few years um, just because they pretty much are a good program and won the championship. So 
not only did they win the title last year, they whooped the ass of Clemson. <laughs> yeah. And beat Bama <laughs> during the season. So, yeah. Two of the powerhouses the last, what, four years now? Exactly. Uh, I have one question about another quarterback, just jumping back at that one. Uh, a lot of talk about Jordan Love. We didn't mention him. And a lot of mock drafts that I've seen, especially lately, he's ending up on the Green Bay Packers with their first-round pick. I don't understand. Imagine imagine that. I don't understand it because that Aaron Rodgers is, what, only like 30 – 33? So the they're saying this is going to happen because Aaron Rodgers is at the age now where he's older than Brett Favre was when the Packers decided to draft Aaron Rodgers that year. Oh, wow. He's 36. Yeah. So the way their front office works. And if Jordan Love pans out and the Packers get another QB. For, but it's crazy. I, I agree with you. Rodgers is still that guy. It's kind of crazy to think that they would be looking ahead to fill the void for the next 15 years. doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. And I never have really bought an end to Jordan Love. Um, he never really faced great competition. Um, he just seems like that decent height, decent weight, you know, athletic quarterback. Um, teams are, after the Lamar Jackson athletic um, quarterback trend, teams are trying to hop on that bandwagon. I just don't see it in Jordan Love. Maybe I haven't watched enough tape, but, you know. I, I haven't either, but you know what I keep referring back to is I think Jordan Love's in the perfect position in this draft because he is that fourth guy, I think, in a lot of people's uh, rankings, and he's going to end up on a team where he does sit behind a great quarterback and a great offensive system, and he will thrive in that situation because of another team picking at number 24 – a couple of years ago, Sean Payton's even on record saying they almost got Patrick Mahomes, who a lot of people are, I think the comparisons are outrageous that they're even making the comparison between the two, but possibly love ending up in New Orleans where he sits behind Drew Brees for at least one more year, maybe two, and plays with Sean Payton. Now we have a discussion. He could end up as the best quarterback in the draft if that's his situation. That would be the perfect fit because – Sean Payton has been trying to make Taysom Hill a thing for this past decade. And I know I always text you whenever the Saints are playing and Taysom Hill's in the game, like, what, it, you know, what is this? But he really did come, come to play this season and did well. And so just think of what Sean Payton can do with a guy, an athletic guy like Jordan Love. Yeah, all that Taysom Hill talk about being an actual quarterback in the NFL, I'm not buying that yeah, at seriously. all. I'm not. He's good for what he does. And that brings me to another point. I, I We should have just knocked out all the quarterbacks early, but I like how we're mixing it up here. Another one's Jalen Hurts. I love him. What's your what's your projection there? I love Jalen Hurts just because, obviously, I love the buying of the individual story. Um, he won a big game last year and went straight to the um, straight to the workout room and with the trainer and just started throwing around a medicine ball and working out. Um, you just kind of love that kind of grind. And someone, especially with the Last Dance documentary airing this Sunday and MJ and showing MJ's personal work ethic, you know, people love to draw comparisons to that. So I love Jalen Hurts. I love that he stuck with Bama, even though Tua um, took over and then ended up transferring and balling out at Oklahoma. I just love his story. And I think I would 
you know, I'm a Patriots fan mainly because I love the no nonsense attitude um, over there with Bill Belichick and just kind of love that in sports when you get on the field, you know, there's no more friendly banter. It's, it's let's get after this and get the dub. And I think it could be a good pairing in New England. That'd be something. I couldn't agree more about the story. Roles reversed that year when he lost his job to Tua in the national championship game. One year later in the SEC title, Tua goes down. Who's there to pick up the team and bring him to the Natty? Jalen Hurts. Phenomenal. I don't know where he ends up. I'm going to be rooting for the guy. Most definitely. And one last thing. I want to do this because it's probably the coolest thing to do at the draft. I've whiffed a couple times. I know I'm on record about the EJ Manuel stuff. Now it's your turn to make a bold prediction. (laughs) Bold prediction for this draft alone. And you have to give me a player from this draft. That's going to be in Canton, Ohio at the end of his career. Wow. Um, let's see. You're on record too. All right. <laughs> so if you have an EJ Manuel moment, I'm going to rub it in your face. I'm, I'm going to go extremely bold here. And I'm, I think a team is going to trade up to the end of the first round and take Jacob Eason out of Washington. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, he was coming out of high school i remember him being a top recruit with everything you want in a quarterback i watched a lot of uw games um he's a good quarterback he just wasn't in as much of the national spotlight as other guys because the team lost and wasn't exactly as competitive as they should have been but i think he's the perfect guy to get drafted late in the first round sit behind a guy you know sort of like the Brett Favre and Rogers situation for two to three years and kind of learn. And cause I think he has the natural, um, natural presence of a, a good quarterback and think he could blossom if he just needs some time. He's the prototypical falling in love with all the wrong terms, big arm. <laughs> what I got written down about him. What I heard was doesn't move well at all. And he's a statue in the pocket. <laughs> Hopefully uh, he pairs up with Jameis Winston's trainer and does those. Uh... You know who beat him out at Georgia? Jake Fromm. So I'm rooting for Drake, Jake Fromm to get drafted by someone. And Jake Fromm, he might not ever start an NFL game, but that's a guy that's going to stick around in the NFL for 10-plus years. I, I love Fromm. You love Fromm. I know you've always talked about him the past few years. Yeah, and then last year, though, I saw too many balls go right into the dirt. Really? Yeah. Think- who's, going to, who's going to Canton, though? Tell me. Um, you know who we didn't talk first before you get into that you know who we didn't say one word about and he is the best player in the draft according to everyone that's chase young and i like the debate comparing him with both both of brothers because they obviously went to ohio state and the ranking of them i saw two different opinions on it people say chase young could be a combo of both which means he's more athletic than nick bigger than both uh he just has to want to be great which is kind of scary but he could be he could be that guy heading to Canton. Um yeah, I agree. Um is that who you think's gonna be Canton Ohio? Uh well yeah, I wanna be safe with it. I don't wanna throw out a guy like it's you yeah. know, someone someone I don't know. I mean I could throw out one of the offensive linemen's names, uh Mackay Beckin. Uh, but I don't That'd I, be crazy. I, I, I'll tell you one thing about him. I just know he's a giant human being. Chase Young, the predator. I really believe he's the second coming of a Julius Peppers. I remember that 
the year Julius Peppers got drafted was the first year I ever watched the draft live. And I was, I kind of became infatuated with him just because how large he was in his presence. And Chase Young's the same thing. I think he has everything you need to succeed, but some people have docked his work ethic um, and some off field issues, but I, I think he's going to be a beast. So we'll see how it ends up. He's also going to end up in Washington. Uh, they were dead last in the third down group. So they definitely need that guy on the edge. Ron Rivera, an offensive guy. The Redskins, though, I don't know if they'll win in our lifetime. I'm going to pick for my Canton, Ohio. Um, oh, you didn't pick Chase? That's my guy? I'll go with I was just commenting on Chase Young because I know some people um, are doubting his, you know, if he's going to go number two overall. But I think it's as much as a block as Burrow at one. I'm going to go with the next Patrick Peterson, Jeff Okuda, Ohio State cornerback um mainly because i follow i follow his agent on instagram and dm'd him saying next patrick peterson to one of his stories and he responded to me so i've got an investment you know tied to jeff okuda you think he ends up with the lions i know you mentioned earlier that the lions might trade down you still think they grab him lions or what if he falls to the cardinals and they pair him (laughs) patrick peterson and jeff okuda not a bad guy to learn from. Exactly. I love that. Uh, I, think, I, I think we covered all our bases. Is there anything else you want to say? No, I love it. I'm, ex- I'm definitely hyped for tomorrow. I hope all your listeners tune in and can uh, see if we're correct on some of the props we listed. Yep, man. And I want to thank you for coming on. You're definitely going to come on a lot more often. Uh, thanks, man. appreciate it. I want to thank you for listening to the 10 After 7 podcast with your host, Michael Cody Stevenson. Thanks again to my good friend, Kyle Slowey, for coming on to break down the NFL draft. You can follow me on Twitter at 10 After 7 or on Instagram at 10 underscore after underscore 7. Woo! Go Dodgers!